Welcome to Green Minds Podcast, where we talk to the experts in the cannabis industry to deliver the facts. Today on the show, we have Jamal Hackler. He's been in the industry for over 30 years, and right now, he's working on developing cannabis seed. It's an all-around healthier plant. So, Jamal, welcome to the show. Would you mind filling in a couple gaps there and give us a little bit more introduction on who you are? Yes. Now, basically, I, I grow, I consult, and I do a lot of breeding. Could you take it back a little bit to the 1980s and let us know how it was that you got into this at the age of nine and kind of what's brought you here today? Okay, well, basically I started when I was nine. My father brought me over to Florida because he was uh, military. He met my mother. She was in Belize. So they came over and then lived in Florida. Then we migrated up north. And my dad was military, so we moved around a lot, but kept that love of the seeds. And so getting to North Carolina was a treat because we, they were growing corn and I was running around with my friends. And I said, hey, look what I got. And they're like, wow, what are those? I said, these are magic beans. And then we started growing cannabis out in the woods and selling it to the old timers and stuff. And, you know, people that were going to concerts and I sold enough people that were going to the dead concerts in the 80s. So uh, we traded seeds with the old timers and they'd come up and down I-5, 95 South, and there was no real enforcement because it was secret. There was more people that weren't growing it. And there were more people that were like, we don't know how to get it. It's all mysterious because cannabis, you never knew where it came from. Sooner or later, we wound up in Washington State. And then from there, I spent a lot of my time growing with some of the indoor guys, you know, a lot of the people that were growing blueberry back in the day and going to California and where they had the original Romulan and OG Kush. And dad was visiting people because, you know, he was the type of person that would meet and deal with people on different levels of cannabis, flower, and the actual acquisition. So I was constantly always involved in it. Different times. Once you moved up to uh, Washington, was that the first time you were introduced to indoor growing? Outdoor growing, man, is not that much labor. You spread them out 12 foot on center. Everybody's happy. With indoor growing, it's a totally different beast. Basically, a lot of my a lot of my people, California, everybody grows a lot of stuff outside. That's where a lot of my friends were in Northern California in the Triangle. So I consulted a lot with growing outdoors. But then in the early 90s, they were still doing light depot. And light depot is nothing new in California because some people were doing light depot long before they were calling it light depot. They were just calling it greenhouse. Some people were just setting it out equinotically in the greenhouse and just letting it grow. But then you had some guys that were really vigilant that said, you know what? We can extend this. We can really get more crops out of this. And they're starting to grow three and four crops a year in greenhouses with supplemental lighting, doing some light deprivation techniques and stuff. And they turn out some really awesome stuff, really good stuff. Could you explain that a little bit more, what light deprivation is? Light depot is pretty much how you can take a plant and put it in a, in a condition where you might have 24-hour light. Suppose, and let's just use a 24-hour light scenario. Then you take your greenhouse and you tarp it or you have these new devices that actually have electrical current that turns the glass black on the greenhouse, you know, just by adding current. Basically, if you take that and you take half the day, cut that into 12, 12 and 12, which is your flower time, forced flower time, natural equinoctial time, that will cause it to turn within 14 to 18 days of being triggered in forced flower. So, when you really think about it, these guys are up in Northern California, and I take my hat off to them. These guys go in and they use supplemental lighting in the wintertime when they don't have that much light. They create a substandard of lights where they're running in the wintertime where they got crops cutting in these greenhouses that they're flowering 12 on, 12 off. But then when the sun starts coming back in the summertime, 
which would be spring for us, it starts coming back. They start opening the greenhouse a little more to where you might be getting 10 hours of natural light. And then they might be adding in 14 more hours of artificial lighting, eight or four more hours. Because if you got eight and you have four, you have 12. So, you know, you're going to have at least 12 hours of light, but you'll have eight hours of natural light and four hours of unnatural light. So it depends on how you want to break it up. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? So with the natural light, the plants are producing extra THC in order to act as a layer of UV protection against the sun? Right. The THC in, in these plants, and I've known these plants for years, is, is a constituent for UV protectant. And see, a lot of people don't know the fact that cannabis is very light sensitive, right? Like suppose you're going to dry it in broad daylight. They'll say that you don't dry the weed in the broad daylight because THC is UV sensitive, the trichomes. And so that's why they're constantly producing this THC, brother, is to protect themselves from this UV. It's only a byproduct of what we're happy with smoking. They use it as a protectant. So, you know, THC degrades in heat and light. So that's why they're constantly producing it. So in other words, if you take a plant and you want the plant to produce a lot of THC, then make it hella UV sensitive. It seems like every time I talk to a new person, they've got a new perspective on the ways THC can help you think creatively or regenerating brain cells or improving your mental functioning. What are your biggest takeaways or what are your biggest proponents that you'd say of THCR for medicinal users? So the biggest proponent to me, proponent for, to my definition, would be something that helps us, that helps perpetuate what we're doing in this industry. I would say the love of the plant. Because, you know, that's the one thing that you can say about cannabis is that in order to grow it, you have to love it, you know, to actually get a good product. And when you actually use it, it definitely makes you love others. It makes you appreciate nature itself. So obviously it's a catalyst for so much change to where they used to use the old term flower child. Sure, call me that. Because if that's what it produces is love and then flowers and more flowers, I love the flowers. So it's a proponent for change because, you know, really, I guarantee you, if we had a row of people that had guns on one side of the fence, you gave them all marijuana to smoke. The guys on the right side with the guns would say, hey, what in the hell are we doing here with these guns? We actually love our families. We actually are thinking about other compassionate needs. They're going to lay those guns down and walk away. You see what I'm saying? And so basically in our world, we'd rather have people killing people than have people loving each other. Because the more people were using derivatives of cannabis, it'd be better. Because agitation, road rage, first could have some CBD chewing gum during the day, or they could have a CBD water, and that would still be something to help them prevent the aggression and stuff like that when they're on the road. You know, there's a lot of different things that they should think about because they should be more responsible. And I say they, that means our leaders, our personal governors, when I say them, that means our leaders should be more responsible saying, hey, if we're going to use religion to control the masses, I do believe that we should give the constituents cannabis because I think it would cause a lot more people to be mellow than to be more aggressive and killing in their nature. It's crazy when I go back home to my family and I see the targeted ads of Xyloprof, Zyrtec, the random names, they just show these happy people and you watch it end with a list of quickly read side effects that may potentially happen and you need to go talk to your doctor afterwards. And I just think if I could have a conversation about the potential that exists, the impact it could have on their lives, it really makes my heart drop a little bit to not be able to have a rational conversation with people so close to me. Every drug people say, hey man, you might you might have internal bleeding, you might have hives, you might have swelling of the face, you might pee blood. These are normal reactions this med. Persist, please call your doctor. I'm like, really? And it's acceptable in our world. 
They look at somebody and say, oh, you're a weed head, but then we can pop a pill. And then that's, that's okay. You know, because this is okay. Well, we got a pill for this. We got a pill for that. But bro, I'm, I, the only thing I'm going to be honest and tell you is one thing in this world. And this is some honest thing. Just one. They want to keep you sick and they want to research you. Who do you think they use? They use the masses, homie. How do you think people should get started? Because it seemed like there was a lot of information from hydro to soil to outdoor to the types of lighting. And it seems like everyone's got their own individual thing. But is there any sort of central message that can get people started with growing that you think would help them out? Hmm. Well, if I could give anybody advice, I would, I would always say first be selective of how you want to feel. Because if you're going to go through a couple months of growing it, you want to make sure that your expectation of the euphoria or the thing you work for pays off because that's the one thing I hate and I'm sure you and other people dislike is working your butt off and then get to reward it wasn't what you wanted it to be. So always grow OG Kush. <laughs> There's not one grower that's better than the other. I mean, you got some morons out there now. Don't get me wrong. You got some people that mess some stuff up and you know who I'm talking about. But more than anything, support your community. You lose responsibility because you're trying to heal yourself. And a lot of people don't realize that at the age of 40, we start losing testosterone in our bodies. And this has got a lot to do with our endocrine system, just like cannabis. Cannabis is primarily something to help boost our energy. It's a protectant, something that we could use for many things, cooking, different oils and extracts that people are just smoking that could be consumed and through CRISPR technology, which I hope to augment perfect type of cannabis that's odorless, tasteless, that has no side effect, that has no type of high whatsoever. So our constituents, the people who march on Capitol Hill and said, hey, we've got a product that we want out there that's totally natural, but it's bioengineered by people who care, that know what's behind the engineering. Big difference. Is it going to make a difference in terms of the impact it'll have on your body? Nope. Basically, what we're doing through CRISPR, we're just basically bringing in all the desired attributes of a plant that can pretty much withstand a famine to where it can live on a few drops of water per week. But you have to remember, those drops won't be administered just like, here's a drop, here's a drop, you know, because you know how you have nano bubbles you have nano mist these are things i can discuss with you that some people aren't even on to but eventually we'll talk again and you know personally we'll be able to create some sort of new trend that you can bring to the world that have your name on it too you mentioned a couple times about people are using cannabis religiously have is that something that you're able to see often people using cannabis to increase their religious practice and find a better connection with their religious deity yeah i like the way you put that with their religious deity, because that's pretty much what it is. Uh, when you smoke cannabis, if placed in a quiet environment and you begin to meditate, you immediately go into an alpha beta wave. So, you know, it, it depends on what you want to do. You could be a Buddha instantly if you smoked a joint and wanted to ascend that level of consciousness of thought. But most people smoke it and they want to descend to uh, mundane things. I want to race my car, you know, going out to the club. You know, and it, it depends on what we want to do with it because really we are the new gods because we are walking deities. When you think about it, we're immortal because obviously we don't begin to die or live until as we move to the next realm. And say, so well, what's the next realm? You didn't know where you came from, but when you came in, you're not going to know where you're going on the way out. But you hear, 
anything, they should have a little honor because when you're dealing with a plant that has so many uses, that makes it holy in itself. That should transform you from having one singular use to having many. All the products that come off of it, if you just want to smoke, then let that be the reason. But there's many things that come off of it with creativity, energy, belief. Oh, comfort, healing, I mean, laughter. These people, they use it and they just don't appreciate what's coming from it yet. Dealing with Trump, we'll learn to appreciate it. And see, most people don't realize that it's something that can help create a better comfort in your world. I know people that has a, have so, such a strong cannabis, you can rub it on your arm and after 10 minutes, you're out. The guy, when I'd go see him in Belize, people would get sick he put it on the bottom of their feet. That's a real thin membrane, right? Within 10 minutes, they are out. A lot of people think that, you know, weed is just one use of getting high, but there's many, many uses to cannabis. It has many dimensions, many uses. Now, Jamal, I do want to give you a chance to let everybody know how they can get in touch with you or how they can find out some more information about what you're doing. Um, usually, if they just Google my name, you know, Jamal Hackler, you know, J-A-M-A-L, H-A-C-K-L-E-R, you will usually pull up LinkedIn or something about me. I've done a lot of work out there, you know, and I encourage people to investigate and look. Some people always say, well, you know, how can I really get a hold of Jamal Hackler? Always say you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today, Jamal. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hey, man, I appreciate you too, big guy. You have a good day, sir.